0: Hey listeners, in case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final Two episodes are live right now, or binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're playing The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly on Roto Viz Radio. What's up? Welcome back to RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and the FFPC. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at RotoViz, joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the
1: Action Network, Matt Friedman. What's going on, Matt? How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I still have perfect internet. Well, I don't know if I'd say perfect, but I I still have internet that is good enough. So uh, we are rolling. Nice.
0: Um. So, random question for you you here, Um, and if you did not look at the show sheet, this might be hard for you to come up with a name off the top of your head here. Of all the fantasy analysts out there, who is your first pick to play for your Quidditch team, and what position do you play on this Quidditch team?
1: Okay, Um, I would be, I think, one of the beaters. Yep. Uh, I feel like I would be pretty good uh, at that job. Um, but it's also like a, uh, a low stakes job, which, uh, yep. is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, if I could have one player, uh, it would, I, I mean, I don't know if we can really even consider Bales a fantasy analyst at this point. Oh, yes. But, yep. uh, I, I just, in, in terms of, you know, someone who's kind of in the space and who does athletic things, uh, I think Bales is a, a clear top choice.
0: Yeah, that's so good. What position does he play? Oh do you think? He's um he's the seeker. You think he's the seeker? Yeah. Okay. Because I wanted to make it and I couldn't even pretend to be upset about you picking Bales and not trying to throw it back to me, because I was gonna say I think that I would make a terrific seeker. But my question is, do you think that somebody with Bale stature, because he's a pretty big guy, do you think that plays well to being the seeker? You don't want somebody, you know, kind of smaller, sleek, fast, agile. Um,
1: I no, he he would be totally fine. Uh, because it's I think a lot of it is about the the broom. Uh and yep. I think some of it is also about like um there will be some situations where I think you might need to outbody the other seeker yep. to get the snitch, and I think Bales could do that really well. And just kind of like yeah, if, if he has to be the seeker, he would practice at it. You know, like he would right. he would train, he would do everything he could. And uh I should just say like quidditch like what a uh what a fake sport i mean obviously it's fake but it's totally fake like it all comes down to the seeker like 99 percent of games come down to the seeker <laughs> they do hey was victor crumb a seeker yes
0: because that blows up my entire narrative yeah. of trying yeah, to go Crum, for this Crum is a seeker right um also so harry clearly was a terrific quidditch player but it's interesting that then Ginny ends up to be the one that's playing professionally but shouldn't harry have been like a ridiculously good seeker to play in the pros
1: yeah i just don't think that uh was really uh an aspiration that's not it's, really his thing yeah
0: yeah see so w- one of the things i was going to say too was i think that daniel radcliffe and i have extremely similar statures so i thought that that might kind of play into my um into the case i could make to be your seeker
1: maybe i mean uh you can be on the team you can be uh maybe the the backup seeker you know Uh, i would i would say it's like it's like the quarterback position you know like the second most important person on your team is the backup quarterback okay you know what i mean like you you if you don't have a, a good backup seeker uh, I mean, you won't feel it until you actually ha- suffer a serious injury. Unless I mean, it's Quidditch. People are flying hundreds of hundreds of feet in the air. Like, uh, there yep. can be some serious injuries. So you actually do need a pretty good number two seeker.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe that may- would make me an attractive target. than if you went like zero seeker in <laughs> fantasy Quidditch, <laughs>
1: zero seeker, uh, are you crazy
0: yeah (laughs) um also uh clearly fantasy mansion is on slytherin you think he's slytherin's uh, seeker no he's their coach he's their coach (laughs) he's he's the one
1: coming up with strategy he's like like drawing plays in the sand figuring out how to uh how to like curse people covertly during the game
0: yes yes absolutely all right um i'm glad that i brought that up i think that was a great segment yeah. but unfortunately we have to move into our ffpc stat attack and i shouldn't say unfortunately as you know that i don't want to get to it i just don't like to get off of the quidditch you need talk, to you need but to we edit have to that do part it. out <laughs> okay no i think i think people i think people get it all right it's time for this week's ffpc stat attack between 2017 and 2019 andy dalton recorded 15 qb1 weeks of games played. Of course, on a points-per-game basis, the last time he finished as a QB1 on the season was 2015. My question for Matt is, is Andy Dalton the best backup in the league? He's going to break that down for us after I remind you that the FFPC is the home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Best Ball, and of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league, head to myffpc.com that's myffpc.com and of course we've got a handful of tools at rotoviz designed specifically for ffpc domination okay matt thoughts on that is andy dalton the best backup in the league
1: um, it would be really deflating if I said it wasn't <laughs> because it would be like, well, we just had this FFPC stat attack. Um, I, I think it, it it requires some context. So I would say, yes, I do think Dalton is probably the best backup in the league. Um, but, you know, like there'd be the question of um, like Jameis Winston. I think would yep. have a pretty strong case. Like he would certainly be in the conversation. And then even someone like, um like Ryan Fitzpatrick, like there's the question of, do I think of him as like, does he count as the backup if he gets benched or, you know, like do I, do I think of Tua as a backup right now, even though like he's maybe yep. in kind of a quarterback competition, but like, I think we're thinking of those guys a little bit differently. So I would say the best kind of pure, like he's clearly a backup uh, is probably Andy Dalton
0: yep I kind of agree and when I was thinking about that when I asked um, I was gonna talk about Fitzpatrick and Tua because it is an interesting dynamic and it's possible that maybe but then you kind of have this odd thing with it, which is you would say Tua could be the backup to start the season, but what if it's possible that Tua is really good? But then you're kind of like, if he's that good, he's not really a backup right. in the way we would think about it. Yeah. So I'm appeased with that answer. And um, you know what?
1: One more I'll say uh, Jared yeah. Stidham. I think, I think Stidham, <laughs> even though we've seen him <laughs> no, play, don't. even though we've seen him play only like four snaps, I think he might be one of the best backups. And I, I, mean, I, that, think I mean that Brian Hoyer might be better I, than Stidham. I think Stidham. he actually might be one of the best backups. Really? Yep. all right um
0: we'll we'll explore that at, a, at another point in time um if dalton had to play not that there's reason i think that you would speculate that dak gets injured you know in any right and like, with more of a likelihood than any other quarterback if dalton had to play is there any chance that increases the value of cowboy
1: wide receivers does it drop what do you think uh i think it hurts no difference. Team it hurts the okay. team yeah uh dak i have him right now as my number 3 fantasy quarterback and um i mean i think there's a real chance he wins mvp you know like i i think there's an actual chance that happens like he's uh i think he's in the running um he is set up perfectly for success and that he still has uh i would say uh a a very competent uh, Up and coming play caller in Kellen Moore, and he has continuity because he has experience with Moore from last season. But he no longer has Jason Garrett there. He still has two really strong wide receivers uh, who both had a thousand yards last year, and Amari Cooper and Galb. But he's added Ceedee Lamb, uh, and now Blake Jarwin is there, who I think is an upgrade over uh, Jason Witten. Um, man, I mean, I I don't want to say like the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl, but I mean, I think there's a significant chance that this will be a great team, uh, especially offensively. And Andy Dalton, like no offense to him. Like I just said, I think he's one of the best backups in the league, but um, I don't think he can do what Dak does.
0: Perfectly fair. I'm actually really excited about the Cowboys too. expecting them to just really put things together this season, be one of the best teams in the league, honestly. And then But having Dalton there too is so important because if something does happen to Dak, this team should be able to, if they need to, rely on Dalton to help them make a strong push for a couple of weeks, or even if it's in the playoffs, you know, Out of the options that are available, Dalton probably is your best one. Um, You mentioned Blake Jarwin. Is there any reason from a fantasy perspective to be excited about Blake Jarwin? My initial thought would be it's hard to spin a narrative of how he becomes that relevant given the other talent that's in the offense. Uh,
1: I think there's reason to be interested, sure. Um, And it has primarily to do with the thesis on that entire offense where uh, you think they're just going to throw quite a bit. And throw very effectively so that um, there could be a lot of fantasy goodness and a lot of touchdowns to go around for that entire offense. Um, and yeah, there are 160 targets uh, missing from Randall Cobb and Jason Witten. And I think Jarwin steps in and is the clear starter there. Uh, I mean, there's a chance he gets a decent number of those targets. And he's been a pretty efficient tight end to this point in his career. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance that he sneaks in as a low end tight end one like that's certainly in his range of outcomes. Okay, yeah, that's actually
0: a a little more optimistic than I was expecting the response to be. So I'm going to going to take note of that. My final question for you related to Dallas is specifically about Amari Cooper. Is Amari the best receiver on the team or is there a possibility that in reality he's actually the third best receiver on the team?
1: I think okay so I did um I did a show on uh SiriusXM uh Fantasy Sports Radio with Chris Raybon uh last weekend. Mm-hmm. And um we did uh sort of our bold takes for each team for the 2020 season. And my bold take, although I honestly don't think it's that bold, um I think Amari Cooper finishes as a top 3 fantasy receiver. So, wow. like, okay, I think he's the number one receiver on his team. I think he's going to crush this year because I think that entire Dallas offense is going to crush. I do think he's the number one receiver on the team, um, but I think he will be used in a way, um, that isn't like, okay, we're going to put Amari Cooper on the outside because he's our number one receiver. Like, I think there's a chance that he actually spends a significant number of his snaps on the inside because Michael yep. Gallup is uh, best suited to the perimeter. CeeDee Lamb is a rookie, and like he didn't spend a lot of his snaps in the slot at Oklahoma. When he was in the slot, he was good, but like you don't look at CeeDee Lamb and think, that guy is a slot receiver. But Amari Cooper... I think he could actually work pretty well in the slot the way that like Juju Smith Schuster works really well in the slot. And I'm just imagining like if Cooper plays even 40 percent of his snaps in the slot and he's getting to go against number three cornerbacks, he is just going to destroy them. So, I mean, I'm really optimistic about Amari Cooper this year. You know, the interesting thing
0: about Cooper is I feel like you could say, you know, there's the possibility of finishing inside the top three, and that's bold, but it's nothing radical. And at the same time, if you had told me that you thought Michael Gallup could outscore him, I wouldn't have thought that was outside of the realm of possibility either. Um, So I will be very interested to see how that shakes out. We'll have to see if you may have just moved Amari Cooper up some people's draft boards. But let's take a minute for a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures, odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BlueWire to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BlueWire. Bet Online, your online wagering experts.
1: What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020 RV Radio at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020 RV Radio at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing, If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show.
0: Okay, Matt, a completely contrived game here in which you're going to be forced to assign labels to players that you might not actually do so. But we're playing a game of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to list three players. You tell me out of the three. Who you think has the best chance of being the one that is good, the one who might not live up to their median projection, and the one who will suck? Okay, makes sense. Yeah. All right. David Johnson, David Montgomery, Mark Ingram.
1: Okay. So David Johnson, uh, I'm going to say he's the ugly in this. Uh, okay. I want absolutely no part of David Johnson. Um, and it's funny because I would say he um, he's probably the guy just in terms of the median projections who uh, has the highest overall projection, but I think he just has so much downside risk that I want no part of him. Um, I think David Montgomery is bad um, in that uh, I think he will probably get a good number of carries, Um, like actually be maybe like top eight in the league in carries, but I don't know how efficient he's going to be. Um, I think he's not going to have as many targets as we probably want, because those will go to uh, Tariq Cohen. And I still don't think that Bears offense is going to score many touchdowns. So I think whatever carries and whatever yards Montgomery gets, uh, it's going to be fairly empty volume. Uh, So I guess the good will be Mark Ingram. And that I still expect him to be the number one back in an offense that scores a lot of points. And uh, I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Uh, And, you know, touchdowns, even if a guy doesn't get all that many touches, that many yards, touchdowns can carry a guy pretty far. Uh, So I will go with Ingram as the good. Nice. I
0: I should also point out here that while I was doing the um, ad reads, Guess who showed up? Henry the cat. So we are we are now officially back. He also now has a pretty big head because he thinks he's famous. As he crashed my um segment on the um the potathon for the SFB, okay, and he made his way onto camera, and everybody was blown away with how big of a cat he was. And he like would not get off camera. Um, so he thinks he's you know thinks he's a bit of a celebrity now. Anyway, DK Metcalf, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton.
1: Okay. I am incredibly high on Cortland Sutton. Um I don't want to say how high, but uh it's it's embarrassing. Um so I'm <laughs> going to say he's he's the good. Uh, I think he is entirely legit. I think what he did last year wasn't a fluke, and he did it with, I mean, how many different quarterbacks did he have last year? Was it like three, it three. three different quarterbacks? Yeah. Um, yep. He was great in college. Uh, he has a good physical profile. I like the way that he plays, uh, so I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton as the good Um Which I kind of don't like because it means I have to put one of these guys, uh, I guess I have to put sort of both of them in like the bad or ugly. But um, I will go with DJ Shark as the bad, even though I don't think it's going to be that bad for him. Uh, I think he's going to do something that's pretty close to what he did last year, which I think means that he has a pretty decent chance of providing value, but I still expect that Jacksonville offense to be pretty run heavy. So uh, even if shark meets value, I don't know really how good his chances are of significantly exceeding value, which means that I'm putting DK Metcalf in the ugly category, which, <laughs> oh boy. which feels uh, very blasphemous because he was great last year. But uh, I'm just going to say, like, I mean, we've talked about this before. I think Tyler Lockett is still the number one receiver on that team. Um, I think the connection he has with Russell Wilson is something that can't be replaced. Uh, And as great as DK Metcalf was last year, um, I still expect that offense in Seattle to be fairly run heavy. I think it's actually going to be a little run heavier than it was last year. So I think there are going to be potentially just fewer opportunities to go around uh, in terms of targets for those wide receivers. So I don't think Metcalf is a bad player. I just don't think he's going to have the opportunities he needs to meet his ADP. Well, who knows? You know, Carlos Hyde might
0: just be so explosive that Seattle has to just keep grounding or just ground and pound with him the entire
1: game. I mean, hey, it wouldn't be surprising if Carlos Hyde had over 100 carries this year. (laughs) It, It really wouldn't. All right. Um, our final pairing here, or, or
0: trio, I should say, Mike Kosicki, Rob Gronkowski, Jared Cook. Good, bad,
1: ugly. Uh, I mean, I don't really like <laughs> any of these. Um, my, It's tough. My median projection for Gronk is pretty good, but I know that like it's based on assumptions that I just don't know if I can trust those assumptions. And it's also, you know, like it doesn't take into account the downside risk that I think he has. Um, So I will say, but like Gronk is also going, like he's not going in the top five in a lot of drafts. So I'll say like, I think he has a chance of meeting his value. So I guess I will go with Gronk in the good. Um, Jared Cook, I I mean, I think he's right around ADP. So I'll say he's kind of the bad in that. Like, I think there's, I think there's some downside risk with him, but I think he's probably right around where he should be. Mike is I, I hate to say it because uh, I think he has significant upside, but the median projection for him is really not all that good. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to say that he's the ugly in this scenario. Um, and again, like it has not much to do with his talent. I think he's a pretty talented player and obviously like his, uh, his physical abilities are, are very well known, but I'm expecting, uh, Devonte Parker to be the guy who gets a lot of targets. And then Preston Williams comes back. And then, you know, like Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant were gone for significant chunks of the season last year. You know, like they will get some targets. Uh, Matt Breida is a pretty good pass catcher. He will get some targets. And then uh, I'm just not expecting a lot from the Chan Gailey offense this year. Uh, so I just don't think Gasicki's going to have like what he needs to have to compete with some of these other younger tight ends who are, you know, potentially going to break out. Fair enough.
0: Um, I guess that, uh, I mean, I don't have really any differing thoughts uh, on you there. So random question for you, Matt, were you one of those guys in college? Of course, as a beater, maybe you were, you know, I had to bulk up that went everywhere with a gallon of water. Uh no, I went nowhere with a gallon of water. I Did did you see this phenomenon at TCU?
1: Yeah, I mean there were Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there were a couple of guys who carried around like the gallon of water, but like that was like that was not my thing. I wasn't like worried about hydrating like I didn't lift weights in college <laughs> or anything like that. I was just like I was very studious and focused only yes. on that. So like no, I wasn't a, a water guy in college.
0: So I, I had the memory of, of these guys the other day pop into my head. But what occurred to me was I don't think I ever saw a single one of them really make much of a dent in that gallon of water. And this could have been a class, you know, in the morning. I would see it, you know, maybe at about three quarters full. I would see them in the class that we would have at like 430 at, you know, somewhere right around that range. I never saw anybody get below a quarter. Now, you could tell me that perhaps they were filling this up throughout the day. But, you know, I don't think they really <sighs> needed that gallon of water. Maybe they got a little <laughs> extra exercise from carrying it around. But really, if anybody saw these guys actually finish the gallon of water, I want to know.
1: No, And I feel like these were kind of like pre-Nalgene days. Where, you know, <laughs> like, like the normal person now would just be carrying around like a Nalgene or something like that. Yep. But, uh, yeah. And thinking, thinking of it, like, I don't remember seeing one of these guys actually like stop, pull out the gallon and like drink water from it. You know what yes. I mean? Like, I never remember seeing something like that. And I feel like yes. I would have noticed it because the, I'll, I'll say like the gallon of water did annoy me. Like I yes. saw it and I was like, this is, this feels fake.
0: Yeah, it does. Well, it felt like an odd sign of of social signaling of like, hey, look at me. I'm trying to work out because I would occasionally see these guys that were just, you know, like off the charts, just huge, completely jacked. And I didn't see them with a gallon of water. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It was like they didn't need to prove it by carrying around the gallon of water. Like, I don't think anybody's impressed that you're carrying. Now, if they were carrying around like 15, 20 gallons of water, that might be impressive.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like uh, Navy SEAL type of training stuff right there. But yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I I wasn't a, a water a gallon of water guy in college. Okay, all right. I'm relieved to hear that. Um
0: final question for you because we've actually spent a lot of time on some topics here again. I you know, these full show sheets I'm putting together, I have questions I can recycle for next week, which is fine with me. Um a knock on Cooper Cup and I think you've even brought it up is the possibility of the Rams running significantly more two tight end sets like we may have seen down the stretch last season. So I've heard a lot of talk about Tyler Higby as a result of this. But my question is, should Gerald Everett be getting more hype as a result of this? I think that Everett is a decent tight end if they are running more two tight end sets. Why does he not get some share of these targets that come out of that?
1: Yeah. Some people are talking about, um, Gerald Everett quite a bit. Uh, I'm not there. I'm, I'm back on Cooper cup. Um, and, and even if we actually do see a base formation of Higby and Everett in the middle and cup and woods outside, like, I don't think that's good for cup, but I still think somehow just because of who he is and the connection he has with Jared Goff, we see cup ultimately end up with over 20% of the team's targets. Um, I think that number is actually maybe closer to 22. Um, And and that's like on a a per game basis. So I think he ends up getting uh, a lot of targets. um, And I think this offense might actually bounce back a little bit, um, you know, based on what they did last year, um, or like relative to what they did last year. So I don't know. Like, I'm I'm in on Cooper Cup and in on Robert Woods. Uh, I still think Higby is going to be the tight end to roster. So uh, I understand uh, the enthusiasm for Everett because he was a good talent in college. He was a good prospect, good athleticism. He seemed like the superior player before Higby broke out at the end of the season. But uh, I'm I'm not interested in Everett.
0: Fair enough. Um, If you were the person in charge of Madden ratings. right you get to set all of them and i believe they don't give out 100s the highest you can get is 99 let's say that they told you you could only give out 199 in the 2020 season who is the one player you give the 99 to and they don't need to be you know an offensive player or relevant for fantasy i'm just curious
1: patrick mahomes i mean that's chalk but i think that's accurate I, i think it has to be patrick mahomes okay um I was kind of
0: expecting you to try to go to the outside of the box here, so no. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, with the I the why Mahomes why would, answer, why but, would I? Uh,
1: it's fair. Like it's the obvious answer because it's right. You could maybe make an argument for I think two other players. One would be Lamar Jackson, and then I think the other would maybe be Aaron Donald. But yeah, Aaron Donald's the one I was kind of expecting. Yeah, but you, yeah. Uh, no, I mean it's it's Lamar. I mean it's it's Lamar maybe, but I really think it, it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, All right. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a
0: question here though, because you said that it's the obvious choice, but, but I would see how, I think one aspect to this me, to me of being the obvious 99 would be that there should be some separation between you and the other players at your position. If you think it's possible that Lamar could be a 99 and Mahomes could be a 99, is it really that obvious?
1: No, I'm just saying like, I'm giving Lamar like the complimentary, like, Hey man, you were awesome last year. You were the MVP, but like Mahomes is the better player. Yeah. You know, like he's the better real life player. And I think he's actually a a much better runner than what he showed for the majority of the past two seasons. Like in the playoffs, he was really good as a runner. Uh, and maybe he does that a little bit more. So I think he has underappreciated, uh, rushing ability relative to what he's shown. I'll buy that.
0: And also I have to say, um, I saw Mahomes warming up on the sidelines Last uh, last season at a game, and I am not kidding you when I say you could tell he was putting about like twenty five percent effort into some of these throws, and he was still throwing them like sixty five yards down the field. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, he's he has something that's close to Josh Allen arm strength. Maybe he even has a stronger arm, but unlike Allen, he actually has accuracy, and right. I would say like he has the ability to create something out of nothing. Where, you know, like he can move around in the pocket by time and then actually create a good play. Whereas like someone like Josh Allen, if he tries to improvise, like he might end up throwing the ball behind him and it becomes a fumble or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's like Mahomes in a number of ways is just a tier above everybody else.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that at all. Did you place any wagers on Josh Allen uh, as the MVP, like just to get some <laughs> exposure 50 there? to 1, baby. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've, nice. I've,
1: I've got some Josh Allen exposure, uh, and all right. I'm, I'm very happy with it.
0: All right. I, I actually think that that's my, my name for the show, Josh Allen exposure.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a good name. Uh, anything
0: else before we close down for the week, Matt?
1: Uh, no. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Uh, And, uh, you know, practice social distancing and all that good stuff. Let's, let's, let's do everything we can to ensure that there is football this year. Yes. I cannot agree with that
0: more. And actually my mother-in-law just today dropped off a sweet homemade Patriots mask with some fabric that just arrived in. Um, so I'm pumped about that, but I completely agree with that. If we want football, let's try to make it happen by just, even if you think the stuff doesn't work, I don't see any reason not to give it a go just to make sure that we're doing everything we can to get football this season. And on that note, we can close down this episode. You can reach us at roadoviseradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at MattFTheOracle. Thanks to BetOnline and the FFPC for sponsoring the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it.